All right. Welcome to episode 17 of season three of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. The Chasing McNaughton podcast presented yeah, get by the name Tech right. Hockey God. Tech Hockey God. Tech Hockey God? <laughs> Which one of us is that? <laughs> this guy. We, no. We don't even have to make a new intro this week. Just get right into it. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 17 of season three of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guy. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. Be sure to tweet us at Tech Hockey Guide and tell us who you think the Tech Hockey God is. <laughs> uh, we don't have a guest this week. Uh, we figured we'd just take a lot of time to talk about the pairwise after a bit of an internal discussion. A couple of us were kind of surprised the, of the, the literacy level of pairwise. And I guess I, I think we all kind of just assumed that it was common knowledge, but I kind of forget how nerdy I am and how much I care and understand. I mean, I built my own pairwise calculator a while ago, so I think I have a pretty good understanding of it. So uh, this week we'll chat about the results downstate uh, from over a week ago, whatever you want to call that, uh, how the pairwise works, anything from the Joshan hour last week or this week, and then preview the LSSU series and Damon Witten's bonus uh, possibilities uh anything else i don't i i think dustin you're right that we should probably just take a break on our uh fantasy college hockey for a while since we had how many players not play this week i, I think it's time to just take a break from that till i um i didn't put one together this week just because we had to scratch it last week because we lost several of the players that we picked well we might get to that we might not depending on how long our pairwise discussion goes i think will kind yeah. of dictate whether or not we get to that i think we maybe i think we maybe revisit the, the in a few weeks if maybe yeah. see if games are getting canceled less and postponed less and yeah. see what it looks like yeah and as it sits i don't have a problem just translating the picks that we made to the next week where everyone actually plays it's probably the easiest way to do it but Moving on. Yeah, because I suppose it's unlikely that players that didn't play last week. Maybe you should start picking team players from teams that didn't play last week, Dustin, because they're more likely to play. That maybe, yeah. All right. Uh, I have a really good the... idea for the next one, too. So All right, I'm let's keep that in my the... back pocket. The thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll come back and talk about the Troll Holiday Classic a little bit, I guess. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E Dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. 
If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A-Tech.net. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Welcome back. Since uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week in great detail because of the chat with uh, Commissioner Lucia, what did you guys think of the games at Michigan and Michigan State? Uh, the Michigan game was an entertaining game to watch just to make Matt angry. <laughs> you, mean, you mean it was entertaining to watch for the simple fact that Mel had to actually coach it? Well, yeah, to coach it. I thought also, it was a good game. I yeah, think I Rob likes it. That's true. And I also think Rob likes how easy it is to piss me off with a tie. So with with boots on the ground for both games, beginning in Michigan, that was the most, like, from be, being able to sit here from my, my tech hockey guide editor-in-chief position, I will tell you it was a well-played game by both teams. It was well-played hockey. It was coaches hockey. Like, it was it was entertaining. Like, it was up and down action. But from the fan perspective that felt like the most useless hockey game I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> like <laughs> it, was, it was, it was done in a flash. There was not a whole lot of real scary scoring chances for either side. Um, I have no idea what Miss Yak was even thinking on that penalty shot. I think he was thinking he was too tired and probably should have let somebody else take it. I mean that, that could be, but watching it live, I was just, it, I didn't even feel like that was a legitimate chance, but anyway, but it, like, just... so I did not know this, but Joe made it sound like he had the choice huh. of taking a power play. Hmm. Did you? Yeah, know I, that? I didn't know. That, I yeah. did. I thought when the ref put his hands up and like the cross above his head, that's you can always, you can, I, I'm pretty sure you can always um, turn down a penalty shot and take the two minute power play instead. And I don't know why, like I heard Joe's reasoning, and did, did you guys hear it? Because it was not on this week's show. It was on last week's I show. Didn't, I didn't listen I didn't, last week. I, I didn't hear his reasoning, but I can. I mean, I completely agree with taking the penalty shot because even on a power play, you'd rather have one-on-one with the goalie at any time, right? Yeah, and like this is a vast well, oversimplification of things, but uh, I think the, the penalty shot or the shootout, and the reason that I hate the shootout so much is that I feel like just being one-on-one on a goalie in a situation where there's no pressure – and you get to make as many moves as you want. You could it's just you and the goaltender. I think that's as close as hockey gets to a free throw. So like, but it's not like look at look like at, like I, I I know, I know what you're saying, but, but like you know what I mean. The, like, it's, we probably score on like if you look at shootouts since they've started, Michigan Tech probably scores more often on a shot than it does on a penalty shot or a or a shootout shot. Like in well, our I mean, shootouts, it... we score one out of, well, I guess not. I suppose it's still better. 
right? It's I was about to say, like, five, I was about, but... like what, like, what are you saying here? Like, I, I, in terms of like total game shooting percentage versus well, power, power percentage, play. it's a power yeah. play percentage, right? It's the percentage. It's your power play success percentage versus. So our power your... play success percentage is like twenty five percent, and I'd say our penalty shot success percentage is twenty or less. Right. Well. So I think. Yeah. Well, and and I also looked at it as when did that happen in the game? I mean, it's th- this is all square root of negative one right now. We're just looking at imaginary numbers here. But no, but I mean, <laughs> I, no, I honestly, when did the when did the penalty shot happen? I mean, it was overtime. Yeah. So it's like, in overtime. Yeah, Don't yeah, you I want know, a four we're... on three power play? Well, that's true. If it's four on three, that's not... I mean, the problem theory, with the four on three percentage. power play is if you don't score on the four on three power play, it's four on four until the next whistle. What's wrong with that? I think Joe would take that over yeah, three yeah, on three. I would agree. Yeah, that's four, four on four is far more even and less likely to result in a breakaway that kills you, which is what we've had. Prob- like four on four is much closer to regulation hockey than than overtime gimmicky hockey. Like, I I don't see any, I don't see how, like, Joe's reasoning was that he was basically doing it to spare Misiak the ridicule of the coach not having faith in him. And that doesn't sound to me like the reason to make the decision. Like the decision has to be made on what gives me the best chance of winning this game, yeah, and or, and or not losing. Because that's... that's the other thing is the you're in overtime. We have sucked three on three, so why not play four on three and four on four till the next whistle? Like that's that sounds like the better choice to me. Anything else you guys want to talk about Michigan, Michigan State? We didn't talk about Michigan State hardly at all. Yeah, we only talked about Michigan because I actually, as a fan, I liked watching the Michigan State game more, even though we lost. Like, it was just it's it's a classic Michigan Tech game. You can you dictate the the game of you dictate the pace of the game. You just double them up on shots. Look like you got the better chances. Take a nap for a shift or two, and bam, we lose. Yeah, I think yep. the theme of the weekend is. Or- I guess it wasn't really a weekend, but the theme of that series, it, it was just disappointing. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, I post, I tweeted it before Tech scored in the, was it the middle of the second period against Michigan State? That we hadn't scored a goal in like oh, a regular, uh, we hadn't scored a goal outside of three on three gimmicky overtime in over 100 minutes. Because we did, we didn't score a goal in the third period against St. Thomas. We didn't score a goal at all against Michigan, and we didn't score a goal in the first period against Michigan State. So it went all the way back to the second period against St. Thomas was the last time we scored a goal not in the gimmicky overtime against St. Thomas. Yeah, and it's it's just concerning that it's kind of a flashback to last year, right? It, it, the yeah. scoring the Michigan drop. State game reminded me a ton of the Bemidji State series last last January, February, whenever the hell that was, where we were the ones dominating the game, but we'd make a mistake and the other team would take advantage and score. Whether it was taking a dumb penalty and then just not having our best penalty kill, which 
definitely felt like that's taken a step back here lately um, or whatever. It just, it just felt like one of those games where we're getting the shots, we're getting the opportunities. I'm sure if we had access to Instat, it would tell us that we won the quality, like the scoring opportunity battle. But, you, you know, much like Mike keeps reiterating on Discord, we're not screening the goalie enough. And if you're not screening him, it doesn't really matter how many shots you get. The odds of you putting one in are pretty low if when you're facing a decent college goalie. And that's just a problem. Like, I don't, I don't quite understand what we're trying to do. And uh, it's just disheartening to see the team play as well as they do, make a couple mistakes, and always seem to find a way to have those mistakes amplified by giving up a goal. Well, you know, it seems need, very common. You know what you need in order to you know, get in those positions on the ice in order to screen the goalie, right? Hard skill. <laughs> Hard skill. You know, Joe talked about that a lot today on the show, too. Anything else from those games? Otherwise, we should just get right into pairwise here. No, just like everyone said, frustrating. That, that part is all frustrating, but let's get into pairwise. Um, as I said in the intro, uh, I think it was Jay-Z kind of asked how the teams are selected for the tournament. And then he and Mike both asked a bunch of questions that I kind of thought were common knowledge and didn't realize that uh, I didn't expect to be having that conversation internally. So I felt like it was a good time for us to have this discussion since I have a feeling as Michigan tech fans, we are going to be following this closely for the next two months to try and understand our odds of making the tournament without winning the CCHA tournament this year. Um, Yeah. So we will dive right in. Um, Basically I'll have Nick, uh, post this link from College Hockey News. It's called the the Pairwise, uh, the NCAA Tournament Primer. And it basically breaks it all down for you if you want to read it. But instead, I'll kind of just try and explain it. So basically, the NCAA Tournament field is not selected by a smoke-filled room. I will throw an asterisk on there that last year it was because Pairwise doesn't work when there's no non-conference games. But basically, the gist of it is every NCA sport that does a selection process pretty much uses what they call RPI, which is a rating percentage index. And I got a kick out of Twitter today when I asked for questions. It's, it, it had the words RPI and hockey in it. So a Twitter account from RPI Hockey, the school, retweeted it. <laughs> Just automatically? <laughs> I think so. So anyway, the ratings percentage index is a, is a calculated value based on your win percentage, the win percentage of your opponents, and the win percentage of your opponent's opponents. And basically, those three factors are weighted. And in college hockey, the weighting is 25% to your win percentage, 21% to your opponent's win percentage, and 54% to your opponent's opponent's win percentage. And for all of RPI's flaws, its flaws are exaggerated by the stupidity of that weighting, but I can't do anything about that. 
because it is what it is. The whole reason that waiting is what it is is because a while ago, the NCAA for hockey decided to ignore games where your RPI would actually drop because you won a game against a crappy team and to limit the number of times that a win would drop your RPI, they changed the weighting. The traditional weighting of RPI is 25% for your record, 50% for your opponents and 25% for your opponent's opponents. So basically that switch favors the best conference in the country because their opponent's win percentage and their opponent's opponent's win percentage is better than everybody else's because if you, if I'm the best team in the, the NCHC, which is pretty much considered the best conference in the country, the worst team in that conference still has a pretty damn good opponents or a pretty good win percentage and it, they all play each other. So every time North Dakota plays Colorado College, that means that that's a line that gets counted for everybody else in that conference's opponent's opponents. So it's just kind of compounding on top of each other. So the best conferences are favored more in that scenario than otherwise because they're they're getting the benefits of who they played. And the, the worst part about that change is it is much, much harder for you as a fan to know who to root for in a given game because the weighting is so far removed from the actual game. Like under the old system, when it's 25, 50, 25, you knew that everybody that you played, you wanted to win because that would be increasing your opponent's win percentage. But now you, that doesn't work because the bigger factor is opponent's opponents. So it's hard to tell um, how much that changes. It's also why from this point forward, your RPI is pretty much dependent on what you do because everything else is pretty much conference games. So the, the biggest thing that will impact Michigan Tech's RPI outside of their own games is the simple fact that they haven't played Bowling Green yet. And once they do, then Bowling Green starts being more involved in their RPI calculation. Um, but beyond that, it's not like our RPI shouldn't change much unless we play. Now, it, it, we moved around a lot this weekend, but I don't think we our RPI changed more than a couple hundredths, uh, if at all, and that's going to happen. But you win and you can move, you know, five hundredths or a tenth, depending on the quality of that win. Um, that's, that's also why when in the past we've talked about non-conference scheduling, I've, I'm pretty sure, Tim, you've said it in the past, the goal in non-conference scheduling is to play the worst team in the best conferences because yeah. you're getting a good shot at getting a win by playing a, a, a poorer team. And that team's opponents, uh, which are your opponent's opponents, are going to have a high win percentage. Yeah. So so Michigan Tech should be scheduling CC in Miami. Yep. And I think we did fine with, you know, Look at this year, scheduling Wisconsin was turned out to be pretty good, you know? Yep, yep. Um, I, I, we'll get into this more later, but one of the things that does suck about how the schedule went down this year is I do think Michigan Tech is basically, 
like one of the biggest things you can take away from the pairwise, I'll, I'll, let's just get through the criteria. So the second one is your record against common opponents. So that is basically when I'm, when we're comparing Michigan Tech to Notre Dame, it matters what Michigan Tech and Notre Dame did against Northern Michigan, Michigan and Michigan State and Wisconsin. And to understand that, we'll get into that. And then the third thing is head to head. And you get a, you basically get a point for every win. And then you get a point for having a better RPI than the other team. And you get a point for having a better common opponent record than the other team. But in, in the generic criteria, without the, the committee opinion, RPI is the tiebreaker. So you cannot flip a comparison without playing head to head. So there's only three things that you get a point for. So if you don't play head to head and you have a better common opponent record than the other team, but you have a worse RPI, it's one to one. And then you lose on the tiebreaker of who has the better RPI. Um, that's one of the biggest flaws. I, I'm going to say that a bunch of times, aren't I? It's a flaw of the system that you cannot flip a, a comparison without playing head to head. It just and, makes it more heavily dependent on RPI. Which, which is a bad value to begin with. Right. Um, which is why if you ever go to USCHO or CHN, you'll see something called Cratch, which is another way to calculate. And no matter what happens in a game, if you win, your Cratch goes up. And if you lose, your Cratch goes down. It's just by different amounts. So you, there's no such thing as a negative win um, in that one. Um and, and our listeners might get a kick out of this. It is literally Cratch stands for Kevin's ranking of American college hockey. Look. <laughs> That's where it comes from. Um, and I should actually look at that quick here. Let me see. That's fantastic. So Michigan Tech is still 15th in Cratch. We're 15th in both of them, yeah. yeah that's what I wanted to see. Um which is actually a really good indicator that we actually are a good team, that we're not much higher in, in the crappy calculation compared to a more realistic one. Um, but now to dig in a little deeper, what you really want to look at, I think the, the best thing to look at right now for everything is... Before you get too far into it, when we're still, if we want to like swing back to RPI, we should talk about quality win bonus because okay. that gets applied to your RPI number. Yep. So basically, under the old system, we had a, a criteria called record versus teams under consideration, which was shortened to Tuck. And uh, the problem created by Tuck was basically the top 20 teams in pairwise were considered teams under consideration. So if you played a team that was 20th, and for some reason they fell the 21st, your record against them would be removed if they fell. Uh, so to fix that, the, the rules were changed to create a quality win bonus where if you beat the team that was number one in the country, you got a bump in your RPI and it was bigger than if you beat the 20th team, but you also still got a bonus for beating the 20th team. So basically you get... Like, so Michigan Tech gets 45% of a quality win bonus for Michigan State for tying them. 
or losing in overtime, but getting 45% of a win, they get a 45% of that quality win bonus for wherever Michigan stakes ranked. They get 50% of a quality win bonus for beating or for tying Michigan. Um, they Which is get, sizable. Michigan's number one in pairwise. So they're number two. Now there was a glitch. Oh. They are two. Um, okay. But yeah, they're, they're, uh, but it's still sizable. Like, that's a good thing that we like it. That's why it would have been so nice to get the win and have a full share of that bonus. Because as we said many times on the podcast, Pairwise doesn't care that you have five players out to world juniors and didn't really want to play the game because you only had 18 skaters, eight of which are NHL draft picks. But um, that's for another story. Uh, you can listen back to us complain about that last week. Um but so basically to get rid of the tuck cliff and, and weight things more based on how good you are against good teams, there is now a quality win bonus, which if you look at CHN's ta- table, there'll be a whole column dedicated to that on the main chart for the quality win bonus. Now, I do think one of the options for um, creating another criteria is the quality win bonus itself by giving teams that have a higher quality win bonus uh the uh, another win in the comparisons the problem with that is the nchc gets so many opportunities to play those games or whatever conference that is that they're always going to have this unfair advantage of we beat up on each other but we get quality win bonuses for each of our wins and the quality win bonus doesn't hurt you for losing any of them um so i don't know if that is the answer but yeah like wisconsin has a where's tech here wisconsin has a better quality win bonus than michigan tech right now and they're terrible right like they're 38th in the pairwise they're 6 13 and 3 now granted they play a tough schedule with how Good they beat Michigan. They beat Michigan. Yep. Um, yeah. And the team with the best quality win bonus right now is North Dakota. Uh, so e- the answer is either the quality win bonus itself or um, RPI, having two RPIs, the RPI with and the RPI without the quality win bonus might be a better one because then it's still taking into account how you did against everybody else. But um, that's really not educational. That's more like what I think is wrong with it. So um, anything else you think we should talk about before I get into kind of explaining what I mean by comparisons, Dustin? No, I think I think we should jump into comparisons unless Matt and Rob have any questions. Well, the more I hear you talk, you guys have a fantastic understanding of this and you're great at breaking it down for people that might not have as great of an understanding of it. I think this might actually be worth a written article if you're feeling up to it. Like I know that there's already like resources about like what is RPI, what is Cratch, what is pairwise. There's already all that out there, but I think if you were feeling up to it, it might be worth writing something out there just real quick dumb it down for like tech fans because like i said in like my introduction to being the editor-in-chief that my my goal for content is to make it 
approachable for tech fans, no matter where their, their fandom begins. Something that might be kind of cool. Interesting. Now my whole discussion on the next part here is different because apparently the glitch that Adam Uden was talking about, about why Minnesota state was not number one is exactly what Joe complained about last week and not what they had calculated until today. So that's interesting. Fun. Yeah. We can certainly consider an article. Well, I think um, the biggest thing that a lot of people don't realize is it's a set of three criteria. It's not just RPI, right? Yes. There are and that was the, that was the big question, right? Yep. The, uh, there, there are more things happening than just what's your RPI. You yep. can be below somebody if your RPI is, is higher. And I believe we are sitting in that case right now with one of our comparisons, right? Yep. And that's exactly what we were, I was planning on doing was breaking down our comparison with Notre Dame. And I think it's yeah. important to going off of what Rob is saying, it's important to explain that the NCAA has never come out and said, this is how we're determined. It's not published anywhere. You're not going to go to the NCAA website and find the pairwise explained on the NCAA website. It doesn't exist. That's why you got to go to CHN or USCHO and look at their explanations. And so now the next obvious question is, if the NCAA doesn't state it, how do we know that it's correct? Like, is it just coming out of thin air? I don't know who figured out what pairwise is or how it got out there, but the fact of the matter is pairwise has been 100% accurate in predicting the tournament field since like 1999. Basically since it was created. Since it was created. So whatever... That same yeah. guy that gives uh, Schlossman access to the transfer portal. <laughs> right. Uh, so, <laughs> so. He was a cool dude. Let's not give him too much crap. But yeah, that's kind of stuff's frustrating. But. Right. So so even though you may, you might say, well, the NCAA doesn't say anything about this. It doesn't have any of these details. The track record kind of speaks for itself. The pairwise, in the way that we're explaining it, is what is used. And the, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if the guy behind college hockey stats figured it out i actually didn't know that that's such a wild thing to think about you didn't know that i didn't know that no one's ever like expressly stated that like pairwise is how things get selected but basically the ncaa has published an explanation the fact that they do compare teams and these things are what is important Mm. what what the pairwise does is basically mathematically put it in a format so you can see how how they determine the teams like yeah yeah. that's just so that's so incredible to me that there's so many hockey nerds out there that they've like cracked the code and it's been 100 accurate and i think i wouldn't be surprised if at this point the ncaa committee like prints out the chm list (laughs) yeah i i wouldn't be either i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if the committee goes to chn and uscho and goes guys why are you different please fix it tell us what's wrong so we know which one of you to follow <laughs> because there, yeah, there, be... there literally was a year where chn's pairwise was different on selection sunday morning than than uscho and adam wooden was like freaking out because he couldn't figure out why and i figured out why and told him and it was because for whatever reason one of Minnesota's final five games had been duplicated in the schedule twice and counted twice. In which in which format? In which uh, platform, rather? It was in CHM. Oh, that one, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but I think another takeaway for me is like the fact that they're even if they had to find there's some kind of voodoo where they figured it out, it's kind of nice that there is like a mathematical equation and rationale behind like tournament picks and hockey because that's a luxury that football doesn't get simply because of volume of teams, but then they get like bullshit like the committee, like who Oh, knows yeah. who the committee is well, or that, what they do, how is, they get I mean, selected. That like, is the old joke. It's the smoke filled room making yeah. decisions. Yeah. Is that the thing? My mom, math. My it's mom math, understands like math. <laughs> Yeah. My mom understands like nothing about football, but she always asks about the committee and like how they get selected, how they get in there, like how they determine that they're yeah. a person that should be on there, how the people in there have any clue who to pick for games or anything. Yeah. And we my my dad and I have no answers for it. They're all great questions, but I'm happy those are things we don't have to deal with in our sport. Yep. We, just, yeah, we, look at, we look at the pairwise, and it's... Well, and look at basketball. Yeah. Football, at least, is you're picking four teams. Hockey's picking 16. Basketball's picking, what, 68 now? And, Something like that. And that's all a smoke-filled room yet. Like, they have... Yeah. They have all these like specialized RPIs that are... They have, like, inside RPI and outside RPI that are supposed to, like, calculate different uh variables of it and like i don't understand any of that because i don't care enough about basketball to know and it's not and and i don't see a whole lot of value in learning it because it's not hard and fast like hockey is where this is what it is like there's no there's no questioning it there's no i mean i i can complain that i think it's got terrible metrics on certain things but this is how they pick it there's no this isn't the basis of decisions and then there's still gray area like there is with basketball. This is what it is, um, which I think right. is good, but it's also bad, especially um, when you get to like this situation with Notre Dame and Michigan Tech. Um, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. But, you know, Tim, I just looked it up out of curiosity. Yeah. NCAA football. RPI for 21-22, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati. So it was the four teams that made the tournament. Was it? Yep. Nice. I did not expect that. Well, I'm not surprised that Cincinnati had a hard RPI versus their versus their respect level, quote unquote. Because I, I, well, as a fan, I think we all kind of wanted Cincinnati in there just because, you know, who else are you going to put in there? Like, who really deserved it? Number five was yep. Baylor. Because I mean, that's your, okay. and as 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 fans of underdogs and fans of underdogs that come from exactly where we come from, our only options were Georgia or nothing. Because <laughs> you either get a repeat of the national championship or you get Michigan at that point. Like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Football's football. But um, so getting into the Michigan's Tech Notre Dame comparison. Now, if you listen to the Joe Sean Hour two weeks ago, he talked about his frustration about the understanding of the implications of overtime games on pairwise and how the understanding was those games would be counted as ties when it came to pairwise. As far as the, the RPI would calculate the 55 45 
But when you were talking about head-to-head -head and common opponents, it was supposed to go down as a tie. That was his understanding. And supposedly, the, the problem is, is supposedly it was a tie and it was treated as a tie last year, but last year pairwise didn't matter because it was, I mean, I should look, Dustin, why don't you pull it up and see like who made the tournament versus who was top 16 last year? Um, because it wasn't correlated because okay. without, without interconference matchups, pairwise is kind of broken uh, because it's really all just about whoever has the best win percentage. Um, and it really favors teams that would be like the best team in a crappy conference or, um, or basically whoever has the best individual win percentage is going to have the best pairwise because you're, as long as you play a balanced schedule, your, your opponents and your opponent's opponents are all going to be 500 because they're all just playing each other. Um, and I've actually done the calculation before where like the best way to get more teams into the NCAA tournament from the CCHA is to actually not play non-conference at all, just to play all conference games. But if we actually did that and broke the pairwise, I don't think the NCAA would be too happy with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so right now, I'll I'll take a screenshot of this so we can put it in the the liner notes, and maybe this week I'll take some time to actually like write a paragraph or two of liner notes explaining this and just kind of put it in there with it. But that probably right, helped Nick immensely. Yeah. So right now, Michigan Tech has a better RPI. They have the 14th best RPI in the country, I think at 0.5562. Notre Dame's at 0.5536, uh, which I think puts them down at the 16th best RPI. Um, but Notre Dame beat Michigan Tech in overtime and takes the common opponent, uh, and it actually looks like we're going to have a very hard time flipping that. Um, so right now, when I looked at this on Friday, when we were kind of teetering around, or even Saturday, um, the common opponent win percentages were using the 45-55 number for wins and losses in overtime. Now they are not. So our record against Michigan State, as far as common opponents go, is 0-1 with a zero win percentage for common opponent calculations. Michigan or uh, Notre Dame is one and one. They're two and zero against Michigan. They're two and zero against Wisconsin. They're one and zero against Notre, North, uh, Northern Michigan. Where we are zero and one against Michigan State. Zero uh, zero and one against Michigan. Two and zero against Wisconsin. One and one against Nor Northern Michigan, because we lost again to no Northern Michigan in overtime. Right? We didn't lose to them in regulation. I think the way they had it before makes more sense to me. If you're using the 0 0.45, 0 0.55 to calculate RPI, you should be using that to calculate the common opponent calculation, but they're not. And that was the distinction Joe was talking about on the show two weeks ago, is he thought all those games went down as a tie for common opponent calculations and head-to-head -head com comparisons. And this is where... Our debate earlier, Matt, is where I think our the pairwise is wrong. Like, if like 
the gimmicky nature of it to me is about creating a result for the fans watching and listening, not about implications to pairwise. The 55-45 is fine to do that, but I do think for common opponent stuff, it should be counted as a tie. Um, like basically whatever happens after 60 minutes, it should just be whatever it was at 60 minutes for the, for these implications, because um, like Dustin and I have talked a, a ton on this show about how we want to see Michigan tech play more tournaments. We want to see Michigan tech do the thing with Clarkson and St. Lawrence, because that is how you break pairwise. You win those events and you can flip comparisons against all those teams because you're one and zero against them. That's how you do it. That's how you get in the tournament when you're not supposed to be in. You win a bunch of games. You win a bunch of tournaments. If you go down, if you go down to Arizona next year and win both the games against Arizona State and against uh, whoever the hell else we play, or the fourth team and the other team, whatever, and then you win the GLI by beating Western and beating Michigan, those four wins mean you have four chances to flip a comparison that you're that even if you have a worse RPI, because if you beat them. And you also, and then have common opponents against them, but like for the, like, look at this, we're basically losing a comparison with Notre Dame over the events that happen in, what is it? Two, four, six, seven games for us and two, four, six, seven, eight games for Notre Dame. So the rest of our schedule doesn't mean anything in that comparison. It comes down to how we did in seven games and how they didn't eat. Now, granted, it's going to end up being nine for us maybe more if we play northern in the playoffs and it's going to end up being more for them because they still they play michigan state michigan and wisconsin i think they all have series with all three of them yet plus whatever happens in the playoffs but it's like i understand what it's doing but that's how you break pairwise that's exactly what notre dame's doing is flipping a comparison that um i mean really 30 points in pairwise, and I say points, I mean hundred, like thousands of a point, um, is a pretty big advantage in RPI. Um, so to, to lose a comparison to Notre Dame over an overtime loss and the results of a tie game and an overtime loss or two overtime losses in the tie is, is difficult to swallow with how good Michigan Tech has been overall, it, it uh, and I don't know how much different I'd feel if we were Notre Dame in this situation. I'm sure some see, that's of my where it, skewed. That's uh, where it comes in for me is that like I completely understand why this is a very frustrating scenario, especially given just the breakdown of what happened, and it kind of comes down to this one game against Notre Dame. But where it comes back to for me is that. Three on three is the progression of the game. It's a fact of life now. And as much as it sucks, Notre Dame earned their due in that game. I think they've earned that like comparison boost against us and winning in overtime. Like it sucks on our end, but absolutely on the Notre Dame end, this would be a different conversation. Right. Cause it's, it, cause it's what Dustin and I have consistently reiterated about playing these one-off games is a good thing because if you can win them 
which Michigan Tech has struggled to do this season, you can flip a comparison like Notre Dame did. That's exactly what you want to do. Um, it's and, and especially like if we get to start playing Clarkson and St. Lawrence and they end up being good, you can basically flip a comparison based solely on the fact that you swept that weekend and did well against Northern or Lake State, whoever is the other half of that that uh, that weekend against them. So if you so if Lake State and Tech both go out there and Lake State does well and we do well, Lake State and Tech will flip that comparison every year because those will probably be the only common opponents those teams have. And we if we win those games, we win the head-to-head, we win the common opponent uh, as long as we don't get swept by Lake State. And you flip a comparison. If Clarkson, if Clarkson's like eighth in the pairwise right now, we'd be flipping that comparison if that happened, which is what you want to do. Um, so I don't know. Anything else, Dustin? Yeah. So I looked up last year's pairwise, and a great example of how it was broken with no non conference games is the number three team in the country in pairwise last year was American International. Yeah. Um, the four teams that would have been in according to pairwise, but were out of the tournament, according to the smoke-filled room. Yeah. According to the smoke-filled room were Bowling Green, Canisius army and Clarkson. Yeah. Uh, NCAA tournament resume tweets, anybody, any, (laughs) (laughs) and the four teams that were in that wouldn't have been in, if you went by pairwise were Michigan, Duluth, Omaha and Notre Dame. So name brand. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that I disagree with their decision because we all understood that Atlantic hockey was especially skewed because not only were they only within conference, they were within bubbles within their conference. Mm-hmm. So basically whoever was the best in each of those bubbles was top 16 and pairwise. Yeah, and they had three teams in the top 16. Yeah, and I bet it was the best team in each bubble. So, and then Bowling Green had the big advantage of being one of the few teams in the country that played any non-conference games and did pretty well in them, um, which didn't help them get in. But I do think it helped the the WCHA get three teams. Yeah, and if you remember right from last year, I think there's a lot of sentiment that um, Bowling Green was in until like that last weekend, right? Didn't they get swept out of the playoffs or something like yep, that? Yep. And, they, they should have been in Yeah. basically the entire time. Like if Northern Michigan doesn't go on, get to the t- championship game like they did, uh, and it's Bowling Green and, and Lake State in the championship or whatever, if that could have happened, I don't know. Um uh, yeah, it just seemed like uh, that the, the conference could have had any of five teams, really. Well, Tech could have made it, obviously, if they had won. But the like Bemidji State, Bowling Green, and Minnesota State, like Minnesota State was in. The other two were kind of on the bubble, depending on how the tournament went, right? That's kind of what I recall. Yeah, I think Lake State played their way in. Lake State played their way in. Bemidji State yep. and Bowling Green were bubble teams, depending on how they did in the tournament. Um, right. 
whoever made that championship game was likely in regardless yeah, of the Mitty State didn't make the championship game and they were yeah. still in. Yeah. And they but. showed that they deserved it, but there was a lot of talk about how uh, I don't know. We don't need to get so much into last year because it, it didn't matter. It was the smoke filled room, unlike and I and maybe that is why there are more questions about this than than I was expecting, because last year was not pairwise. Um because it, it pairwise is broken without the interconference play, which is why pairwise still kind of sucks because there still isn't enough interconference play, especially east to west. Um like it's why it's such a big deal that Cornell swept Notre Dame or North Dakota and why it's such a big deal that Northern Michigan swept BU. Like those games mean so much to pairwise when it comes to comparing East to West because the West plays each other a ton and the East plays each other a ton. And I know we talked about that with Lucia, Don Lucia about how it's going to be very hard to, to make that happen more often because travel budgets don't it, like the east teams don't really want to travel west because why would they take a plane flight when they can play a not a conference opponent less than two hours away and they have lots of choices um so but that to me favors the east getting more teams because they're it's a lot harder to compare the ccha to the east if we don't play them enough and it's one of the drawbacks of who the CCHA teams typically play because it's the CCHA teams aren't playing a ton of games against the bottom teams, quote unquote, of the Big Ten and the, of NCHC. There's some, but not, not as many as there are against the top teams. We need more Miami and Colorado College. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really know the answer of who uh, – who we need to play more of in the Big Ten. You've got to play in Maine because they are absolute dog water this year, but they play in Hockey East. <laughs> well, hockey, yeah, but Hockey, hockey East, East is, is kind of hole is dog water. This year. Well, I mean, correct, but they're dog water compared to how Hockey East usually is. The comparison is – where Was that in – Still, it's not too oh, bad this year. Low. Like, having, having a Hockey East team – like beaten in our back pocket this year would not hurt us. Um, but yeah. So do you guys have any other questions about what we talked about? Did we hit on everything or enough of it? I think that gives more people confusing? a base level. What's that? Have we made it even more confusing? <laughs> I I think if if see that the one thing that's kind of troubling is I, I think a lot of people like listen to this podcast on the way to work and stuff. And yeah. it's one of those that feels a little bit more involved than that. If like if you have to break for a pedestrian or something, you're gonna miss some important information there. But I I think it was a good breakdown to give people a base level understanding of what's going on to determining NCAA tournament picks. So accelerate through the pedestrians. Uh, the other thing that we should touch on is, and I think uh, was it Nate. Wells tweeted this out as a reminder. At this point in the season, teams that are top 16 in the pairwise make the tournament something like 80% of the time. Right. So Michigan for, Tech uh, is in the right place. Yeah, and, you could have went out. and Michigan Tech, 
And I tried to do this. Well, you don't have to win out. Uh, you don't have well, to you win have out. To, you have to not if, fall apart. If Michigan Tech wins part. 70% of their games the rest of the regular season, they are 90-some percent in. Sweep at home, sweep, sweep St. Thomas. And yeah. If you sweep St. Thomas, you sweep Ferris and win 60% of the rest, including in. like all your home games and, and a couple road games, they're in. They're like, they're in. And I tried to do this because somebody asked on, I think I got an email. Speaking of Ferris, anyone coming this way? Going to hang out with Matt? Oh, for Ferris? No, I'm not making Ferris. I should not make a week? plan to make that at some this point. This week? No, it's I don't Lake even know who we're State, playing. Lake State this weekend. <laughs> no, it's Lake State this week. Uh, That'd be funny if Dustin just shout out this. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask this question, Dustin. I, I'll get your opinion first since I'm I'm reading it. John Filios wants to know: Is it possible for Michigan Tech to win their next six games and fall in the pairwise? They play. Lake State, Bemidji, and Northern, their next six games. I got the order wrong, I think, because I think they play Northern in two weeks, right? I don't I don't know the schedule. The correct the order, I'm looking at the schedule right now. So the correct order is Lake State for two, Northern home and home, Bemidji. Yep, so those are the next at, six games. Yep, Yeah, Bemidji's at Tech. Yeah. No, I, I would say, no, it's not possible to go down if, no. if you win. Because the only way it's it, possible to win six straight and go down is if the three teams below us go six and zero over the next three weekends and play tougher te- tougher schedules, and that seems very it it's minuscule but it's possible. Um, especially it's especially possible, but we're already losing the Notre Dame comparison, so it's hard to see us falling further because more than likely Notre Dame. Um, slingshots above us and we aren't punished for the other parts of that comparison if they continue to do well um well who are the teams below us right now i closed my window i shouldn't have done that i should have known better so right now we have notre dame providence omaha connecticut bemidji so first off if we sweep bemidji they are not moving ahead of us um Because even if, yeah, whatever, our our comparison with them would likely, like if we went three and one against them, we're likely winning that comparison even without having a better RPI. This January just doesn't look fun to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Providence, Omaha, Connecticut, I guess I could see Omaha jumping us. I can see Notre Dame jumping us. What's the tiebreaker in the event that you have a one-to-one on the comparison between RPI and common opponents? RPI. RPI is? Yep. So, like, Ohio State is one we can hope to possibly flip. Yeah, we could flip Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we could flip Ohio State. Basically, if you don't play somebody head-to-head, you're winning the comparison by having a better RPI. It's it's impossible to flip a comparison without playing head-to-head. Gotcha. Okay. So just by winning, we should leap a team like Ohio State. Like uh, the yeah, other head thing, to that... head, head to head seems to have a little bit more weight than RPI and common opponents too, because it does. Head to head looks like it can have. You know, I'm looking at like Denver and Western right now, right? Uh, Western has the higher higher RPI, 
So they've got one point according to the comparison on CHN. Mm-hmm. But head-to-head gives them two points because they have two wins. Yep. You know, yep. Denver yep. swept. So yep. I, I didn't I didn't realize that. I thought each one of those criteria was a third of the comparison. Nope. In head-to-head, head-to-head, when head-to-head comes into play, each each game counts as its counts. own yep. thing. I see that now. And and that is and that is where <laughs> that is the part where I don't like that Notre Dame is one and zero against us in that comparison, even though they won in three on three overtime. Well, that's what makes it dangerous playing one game versus a series too. It right? does, and yeah. but that also does mean, um, like Matt said, we simply need to get get better at overtime because it has a bigger weight especially in these non-conference games. But you can also see where when it comes to common opponents for Notre Dame, we're getting hurt because we lost in overtime to Michigan State and Northern. And it's a full loss when it comes to that calculation, even though it's not a full loss when it comes to calculating the RPI. Sweeping Northern will help that. Yeah, it should. Probably not enough, though, because the other <laughs> yeah, thing is um, that I didn't explain. This is actually the... The Kerry Eads rule, uh, he had it switched where common opponents is an average of the win percentage against each team. So sweeping Northern improves our Northern Michigan win percentage, but it does not count. We like So going back to the, the Michigan Tech-Notre Dame comparison, the fact that we beat Michigan Tech or Wisconsin twice means we have a thousand win percentage but it doesn't give us two wins sure. like each individual win percentage is average so we have four opponents so those four numbers get averaged to the fact that we're 500 but we're actually three two and one against those teams oh, a big part of that a big part of that comparison will be the fact that i'm assuming notre dame still has games to play against michigan and wisconsin and, and Michigan State, they have a series and against State, all three. Right. So if they, yeah. so if they go 500 in those games, we have a shot at flipping that comparison. But like I said, our our Northern Michigan win percentage can only go up to 750, which gets our average to less than 750 overall, because um, it'd still be zero, 500, a thousand, and 750. Um, so it, yeah. It'd be like 700 or something. I don't know off the top of my head. But yeah, they, them losing to Wisconsin and Michigan or Michigan State has a chance of dropping that down perhaps enough to, to flip that one. Because that's what you really have to look at. It's the actual comparisons that add up. A lot of people look at that big chart. You know, you look at the, the main chart there, right? And the first one is pairwise comparisons in it, but everybody looks kind of at the RPI numbers. I know that's what I used to do, right? Yep. RPI is what I look at. That's what the actual numbers are. Mm-hmm. Those because 99% of the time, it is about RPI. Right. But that's not the actual criteria for you know what the order is. It's the actual comparisons themselves, right? So looking at the comparisons, you want to look and see which ones are possible you know, to flip around us to bring us up or down. RPI isn't necessarily what's going to do it at times yeah especially for some of those close ones mm-hmm. no it's um yeah it's it's hard and then um yeah there's a lot of little details that need to go into it and 
and I learned a ton about pairwise when I built my own calculator because I was getting sick of waiting for CHN to do their uh, you are the committee at the end of the year and their and their customizer is great if you want to like change one result and see how it impacts things although it's not working correctly right now so broke yeah um, no I literally tested it three different ways today and emailed Adam Wooden and said it's broken you need to figure this out because I switched our loss of Michigan State to a regulation win and our RPI went down and we fell like three spots. Yep. Yeah. And then I and then I went in and did what John Filios was asking, what would the impact of winning the next six be? And I was like, well, let's just see what the impact is of winning the next six without anything else happening. And we somehow I'm, stayed the same and Notre Dame went up. And I'm, I'm like, it shouldn't be in effect. Sure. What's that? I'm, I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the fact that when it does the calculation, uh, when you change results, it doesn't take into effect the dropping of results that are poor to you. Okay. Yeah, I don't because, know what's going on because it's more complicated than that because for the – I put in the six different results for Michigan Tech winning, and I got different results if I left it filtering just the Michigan Tech game than what I got if I – left it filtering the whole schedule our, our rpi loses like three uh we, we lose we dropped like five points just by changing the saint thomas win to a full win yeah which doesn't so, make any sense makes no sense right because that you should be but, penalized but for the, actually winning but the, game. the but the record on the table shows up correct so there's something on the back end that's wrong um but yeah, I, I've fiddled with it a couple different ways and I told them something's wrong with the customizer. I don't know if it's some of these other changes that have happened aren't properly being recognized in the customized script or what. Um, I, I honestly think it's, it's just RPI. The RPI drops so low that no. it has to not be taking that into account. Well, but it, I, but I, I didn't take screenshots of it, but one of the ways I did it, it still showed the asterisk. So it's not ignoring it completely, oh, I did it. Okay. Um, but it's still wrong because it's, if we win our next six games, Notre Dame shouldn't benefit more than we do. Right. No, no, that doesn't make sense. Right. Like, um, because, because the other thing you have to remember is yes, opponents, opponents is the biggest component to RPI, but it also has the most number of outcomes that it's averaging. Like you only play 30 games, your opponents play 30 games times our like times 30 games, but your opponent's opponents play 30 times 30 times 30. So there is a crap ton of games where each game can only impact it so much. Um, it's it's complicated, but it's uh, it's also annoying. So, uh, but I think that's enough. <laughs> well, the, the um, I I was just looking on here. The um, the Bemidji series will be very interesting because as of right now, we're tied at two two to two in um, comparisons with an even head to head, but they are winning the common opponents against us. So okay. that Bemidji series, if 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 yeah. we lose an overtime twice, right? We could potentially, you know, lose that comparison too. We 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 that that would be a key one to not want to lose that comparison. Yeah. So you have to find a way to split that weekend, even if it's in 
even if it goes to overtime. Right. A splitting or, splitting is fine. You can't do worse than a split. Yeah. Win and get to a shootout, that's fine. Because that's a win and a tie. Well, yep. I mean, with that, do we kind of want to segue into how we think the Lake State weekend is going to go? Yeah, I think that's a good thing to do next. Um, I, uh, I mean, we can look back a little bit at the fact that Bemidji State just put a whooping on Lake State. Um, and I do think, Dustin, what you just said, I, I think we have a chance to flip that common opponent category as well with a good sink at half here. Again, Potentially, but Bemidji's 4-0 against Lake State and 2-0 against Northern, which is going to be tough to overcome. Yeah, um, four and but four and zero is counted as just one thousand on one line. If we get right. that to seven fifty, that's that's good enough to help us. And if we can somehow beat Minnesota State, um, like that, that that's where something like the Helen and Breakaway really comes in. Like you could be flipping comparisons just for being five hundred against Minnesota State on a common opponent basis. Um, uh, yeah, so that part sucks. But um, to look at Lake State, Lake State kind of got taken to the woodshed this last weekend against Bemidji, didn't they? Like Bemidji scored 10 and allowed four. Is that right? On the weekend? They swept that them. Sounds close. It's, it's one, five to one and uh, five. To, so 10 to two. 10 to two. Yeah, five, one, five, one. Five, one, five, one. So, um, and that's kind of similar to what Bemidji did right after we played Lake State earlier in the year. And we had, what, four goals on the weekend to Lake State's three. But we lost in overtime one night and shut them out the next night. Um, uh, Joe talked about this on the show. We're pretty much in every game. I expect to be in these games. I expect to um, – I mean, I would hope Michigan Tech has a shot of finding a way to play like Bemidji State did this last weekend against them. I don't think it'll be quite that good, but I would I would hope that you're winning three one four to two on the weekend. I just want to see us score goals. Yeah, need a sweep. I mean, it, we've been talking about pairwise for an hour now, and <laughs> pairwise doesn't matter unless you win, right? No, nope. and nope. and we've said it yeah, exactly. You know, John Filios asked that question, and I said it like. Michigan Tech is going to get in this tournament if they find a way to win the majority of their games on the stretch, especially if they can find a way to go 4-0 against Ferris and St. Thomas and then win 60% of the rest of them, you're fine. I mean, you've got you've basically got a series against every team in the conference left, right? I think that's what we have. Yep. We've got 14 games left against uh, two games against every opponent. Some are at home, some are away, whatever. But that's what you got left. Um, Bowling Green's the only team on the schedule we haven't played yet. So those two games have ha, those two games have the best chance of having a significant impact on our pairwise outside of what we actually do because that changes the calculus on the back end so much of of common opponents and. And, uh, and and adding them into the, like right now, none of their opponents' opponents matter, but as soon as we play them, they do. Um, whereas the rest of them are already in there. It's just how much they're weighted the rest of the year. Um, 
and they just got uh, they just won in overtime against St. Thomas too. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to sound a lot like I did on the Michigan State podcast, but I expect Michigan take Michigan Tech to sweep this weekend. I expect them to take away Damon's Witten's bonus. I like. I expect them to be motivated. Michigan Tech has generally done better on the road this year. Joe talked today that he thought uh, like the practices they have had since they came back from, from the Troll Holiday Classic have been some of the best of the year. I think that's a good sign. You know, I would assume that your, your depth players are hungry to get time. The team um, has been generally playing well and just needs to find that scoring touch and hopefully they find it and it doesn't turn into what it was last January, February, where they're dominating games and not winning. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the scary part of coming out of the, the games in downstate Michigan is the fear that that's that ugly monster is resurfacing and, they're going to spend a month here snake bit and cost themselves a shot at the tournament. Okay. Well, I hate to uh, rant on your parade real quick, but I do believe that uh, Damon's bonus kicks in if it's a season sweep. So he already lost which, that. Got it. So he already lost that. If, okay. if I have read that correctly, but you're probably right. I don't care. Yes. It's still fun to um, make fun of the yes. fact that that is literally the only bonus is... in his contract that is tied to the results against one team. And I love that because one could probably make the argument that they're bigger rivals with Northern at this point, despite being basically a tech spinoff school. But um, yeah, I can't this say is, that. It's, this not is... like, it's not like we sell out hosting Lake State. Well, yes. There's, there's and that's what the rivalry is about is how yeah, we, packed those buildings get no matter who's it's who's i mean building. i mean lake state's campus is five hours from tech and as much as like five hours is nothing to somebody living in the up that big makes a big difference over the two it takes to get to northern yeah i thought about going but, this weekend and then i remembered it's like nine fucking hours from here and I well was it's like, only nope. it's only five for me the problem for me was that i already went to both games of troll holiday classic spent that week with my buddy and then went to florida so i'm just kind of traveled out i need a, I need a week to recoup well i was gonna i was like uh you know i could uh, stop and visit a friend in escanaba but then i still gotta get to lake state saturday or like or or if i do it the other way like there's no good way to do it and not have to drive nine hours one of the days and i just yeah i'll never forget making that drive with dustin and just being freaking exhausted when we got to like wausau or my first my first hockey game as a tech student before i even knew like what the misfits were all about was to lake state with a buddy because i had a Buddy, that was from going Houghton, to Lake State, right? Yeah, I went from Houghton to Lake. Yeah, yeah I went so from Dustin Houghton and I, to Lake State, back but... when Tech played the Tech and Minnesota Duluth played against Northern and Lake State, uh, and they Superior would alternate Showcase, the, yeah, the Superior Showcase. So we drove from Minneapolis to Northern for the Friday game, then drove to Lake State for the Saturday game. Those were fine. That wasn't bad. It was the drive from Lake State home on Sunday oh, that was yep, just I like, betcha. oh, mm-hmm. my God, are we home yet? No, we're yeah, just that, in Wausau, and we got I mean, three even, more hours to go. I think <laughs> any time you have to traverse the Sini stretch just sucks to begin with. Well, but, going back to Minnesota, it wasn't even that. It was 
it was we went down to the to Lake Michigan side, went across to Escanaba, went over to Iron Mountain, and then like worked our way down to like northern wisconsin and it's just like there's there's no good roads there's yeah, no there's, good, there's no isn't. direct route there's no good roads like you're like so much of that trip is predicated on your plans like i took a certain way one time because we stopped at my family cabin in northern wisconsin to drop off the dog to go to brandon and Lindsay's wedding which is essentially a similar drive but we didn't we didn't go south of the bridge this time um See, yeah, but, but what incredible memories, you know? Like, no, I know, no, I'm not saying yeah. that, but like, I just don't want to sit in the car nine hours by myself when I could be driving through a freaking blizzard too. Like, yeah, that's a, a long road that Sunday. Not open today. Yeah, that's a long like US, Sunday. US now. Is closed all it sure is, right but <laughs> especially yeah. by myself because I don't have anybody that wants to go with that I know. Anyway. Of. Before uh, we decided like in, to take the trip down memory lane, I believe we were on me for predictions for Lake State series. Is that correct? Yeah. So tell me what you think. I was all I was all expecting the way you started that conversation to tell me you weren't thinking sweet. So let's hear what you got to say. Even though, I'm- well, it's not that I'm not thinking. Hold on, my beer's flown over. <laughs> Amateur. All right, we're good. <laughs> Amateur or one farther than I need to be. Anyway, um, it's it's tough for me because it's just as easy for me to see this entire month being a tech sweep and just as easy for me to see tech not getting a single win the month of January. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that's like, the, that's the Bethlehem McC- uh, Cummings of you. Like, just like, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to let myself no. get shattered. Like it could be terrible. I'll be happy if we do well. Yeah. I can, well, I can see I, both. I guess, but... Things are going to get pretty dark around here if, if they don't get a win in January. <laughs> I, I absolutely... I the pitchforks like, will be out. <laughs> yeah, I know, we're we're, we're going to totally you know. stop talking about Michigan Tech and talk about other hockey things for a couple <laughs> weeks if that happens. Yeah, I'm um, sure. But, any, but you understand what I'm saying. When you look at a month that has Lake Superior, Northern Michigan, and Bemidji State... Oh, yeah. Like... You, you hear what I'm saying, where that can just as easily be a month of tech wins and a month of tech losses. Yeah. So I look at this Lake State series being the first coming back from the GLI where they're not as happy. And I'm the, the optimist side of me that we got me on for, at least that's what I think we got me on for. It says that they're, they want to make a statement after – how unfortunate the Great Lakes Invitational went for them, if that's even what you can call it. Yeah. And they go into this zoo. They see the tech fans that are making the trip because I know that that's going to be an official Misfits trip. There's going to be a decent contingent of at least my idiot alumni friends that are going to be there. And they're going to want to make that statement on, you know, little brother, if you will, for tech. So there's there's that, but you also can't discount that. Lake State's a good team that wasn't afraid to beat us two or three nothing rather in Houghton. So three but, three two. Three two. Three two. Yes. We, you're we right. lost three and two I'm in overtime and one yeah. two nothing. You're you're right. Yes. Yeah. But um as is my hope for every Lake State series, I hope Tech wins five to one both nights, just so I can hear the best goal horn in college hockey one time and then no we won the game (laughs) 
the um, fact that their 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 goal horn is just off a boat and shakes the building when it goes off is incredible. I love that. Yeah, but we don't want them ringing no freaking bell. No, night, no right? ringing the bell after. We don't want that. <laughs> Not this. That weekend. is a cool tradition, but I don't want to see it against us. Yeah. So, what do you think, Dustin? I think we're going to continue to be frustrated by another split. I, I, I guess I haven't seen enough to tell me that they are going to go out and sweep. I think. I think we're going to be talking about the same thing next week about how they're still on the, you know, right on the edge of the the pairwise and they have another coming off another split where maybe one of the games, they didn't take advantage of their chances and we feel disappointed. I just can't help but think that we're in that rut and we're just going to see the same thing. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully the loss is in overtime again. So at least it's a little better on pairwise, but yeah, I, I, I totally see it's possible, Rob. I'm with Dustin. I think it's a split this weekend, and it's a frustrating split too. It's going to be one of those fifty shots and you know one to two nothing, one to two style games where we lose or we shouldn't, and then you know a squeaky win on the other one. I'm uh, I'm with Dustin here. I haven't seen at this point this year. We just don't seem to have that desire to go out and you know beat the crap out of somebody two nights in a row for some reason yeah it's amazing how that happened the first weekend and we just haven't it, been able to do it well it I'm seemed like we've seen amazing. we've seen glimpses of it though right it seems right. like we have seen glimpses yeah. of it yeah, yeah exactly the team's capable of it they've yeah. done it a couple a couple of times but stringing together consistently those results just hasn't been something that that they've done so mind you this is when i was, I was 2014 it was 2014 when i was a freshman so when I went there, the analysis of Lake State that I got from my hosts was that there were times where they'd go out and win on a Friday and then be so juiced up that they won one game that they'd go out and party and then Saturday come out really flat and then lose that. So that might <laughs> end the way the split goes if it does happen. I'd be interested to see if that's the way it does go. But yeah, I just, you know. Well, I- Michigan Tech always, I, I can't foresee them not being in either game, but yeah, I could see them losing. So, so um, one minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting Patreon.com/slash/TechHockeyGuide. Patrons at the white level or above get access to a quarterly Zoom chat featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, and more. Uh, patrons at the black level or above receive enough, uh, access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Patrons at the gold level or above receive access to our unfiltered YouTube video of the podcast each week. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, next week, I should probably mention here, even though most of you probably stopped listening at this point, is our Bell Let's Talk chat so we will be talking about mental health again this time with uh, Kevin Shiley from Minnesota Public Radio of all places so that should be kind of a interesting discussion um, you can submit questions through Twitter Facebook or on our Patreon page don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Google Spotify or wherever you get your podcast if you can't find the podcast on your site of choice please let us know we'll make it happen the more you rate review and share the more people we can reach so tell your friends um we're going to do something new this year. We've done it a couple times, but you guys need to, to put in a little more effort here on rating the uh, the podcast on Apple Podcasts. So give us a five-star rating. 
Dustin will read the review you leave no matter what it says. So let us get some ratings and see what you guys have to say. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsor, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And as always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McGresson, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha